Hello, and welcome to Arts Forward MKE. I'm Lindsay Sheridan, your host and director of marketing and PR at Imagine MKE. Each week, I sit down with an artist or arts administrator in Milwaukee and dive deep into their story. Today's episode is really special. I sit down with six women from the band Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, and it was recorded back in February of this year, so yeah, you'll hear some political references that now feel very out of date. Um, but it's a really beautiful conversation about how they came together as a group, as a band, and how individually and collectively they navigate their lives as women, as Milwaukee residents, as musicians, as activists and change makers. It's a conversation about music and art as activism that was always relevant, uh, but I hope that it will be a bit of a balm for you right now. So, diving in, first you'll hear a clip of a song called All of Everyone at Once. That's an original by the band. Uh, And I recorded it at a rehearsal at a home in River West in February, so please keep in mind that it was recorded on my phone and thus is not perfect quality. Uh, After that, we'll get into the interview. Thank you so much for listening, and please enjoy. I'm here today with the band Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, ladies, thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks thank for having us. So this interview is a little unusual in that I have uh, six amazing women in the room with me gathered around not enough mics. Uh, so to start the interview, I'd love to have each of you introduce yourselves and what instrument you play in the band. I'm Steph Lippert. I play piano. I'm Danielle uh, Renee, and I sing and play the guitar. My name's Quinn and I play the drums. My name's Katie Lynn. I sing and play piano sometimes. I'm Johanna Rose and I play upright bass. I'm Tracy and I play guitar. And we both sing. And we both sing. You all sing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Before we get into more details about you all and the band um, as a whole, I want to ask for a few reflections on a question I've been starting all of these interviews with which is, do you remember a time early in life that you experienced art in a way that impacted you deeply and that stuck with you? For me, it was the first time I got to play with a symphony orchestra as a kid, um, being with 80, almost probably 80 to 100 people. Um, that was really cool. And the director had us like close our eyes and play like a scale in like harmony with each other. And that was the first time it like really blew my mind that like whoa a lot of people do this and we can all do it together kind of thing so I just thought that was like one of the coolest experiences growing up for me I I was just thinking about um I was a musical theater kid and um I you know my my dad passed away and I was like 12 he was really into harmony and music and um 
so I listened to a lot of like Crosby, Stills and Nash and stuff like that. And, um, before he died, he and I had a little bit of a challenging relationship. And I remember one of the first plays I did, I was Gretel in the Sound of Music and he came and it was in this like little gym class. And I just remember him coming and, um, just super cheering for me, like in an embarrassing way. And it was like a super bonding thing for me with, um, a person that, is still extremely important to me um, and also, you know, somebody who I really needed that kind of connection and love with at the time. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like music has always been something that's connected me to others in that way. My uh, uncles were 80s hair rockers, <laughs> and one of my earliest memories is, um, like, them with their feathered hair, like performing at Summerfest. Um, I feel like it was like the 102.9 stage, or it's that's what it is now or something. But like they're playing Summerfest, it was like a huge audience, and they'd have me and my little brother come out and throw tapes out to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, yeah, just like throwing tapes to the audience and having like, I like refused to brush my hair, so my mom just put a giant bow on my head. <laughs> so yeah, mine is a little intense. When I I grew up going to Catholic school, and I grew up singing in church, and one time I had to sing at a funeral, and I remember I think I was like ten or twelve, and I remember looking at the wife of the man who died, and just I couldn't I couldn't sing and then my my friend next to me grabbed my hand and like we just looked at each other and like we have to do this like we're this music will help heal and we were just like so young but we could still kind of feel that power mm -hmm. that was intense my the first experience I can remember was also at church I was a little kid I think I was probably four or five and someone made me go to church that Sunday but I remember all these people because it was like a very very like loud big baptist church and i remember all these people like catching the the holy ghost and that was like a thing at church and one day that one sunday like i caught what i thought was probably the holy ghost it pro it wasn't like very uh religious but it was spiritual and i remember thinking like now i know that was just like the music like vibrating through me but at the time I thought I caught the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so, that's a song. <laughs> the time I thought I caught the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's we'll a good work one. on it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. So introduce the band to me as a whole. Tell me a little bit more about how you talk about your style and your vibe and how you came together uh, several years ago now. Oh, should we tell the story? <laughs> yeah, let's tell it. Okay, you want to tell it? I, really quick, I would just, I'm going to say one thing first, and then I think you should tell it. Um, I We do have two other members of the band that weren't introduced, and because our band is so much based on, like, true, like, democratic values of, like, there's no leader, and we all, I just want to give them a little bit of a shout-out. Um, hey, Osea. Hey, Osea. We have um, Osea. And she's changing her last name, so I don't know what it is anymore. Oh, Celine. That's what she's changing it to. Osea Celine, um, who plays the fiddle. And then we also have Dina Aronson, who plays um, different percussion instruments. Um, so, yeah, I just want to introduce that we actually are an eight-piece band. 
So yes, you okay. should tell the story. I just want to say hey, Dina, too, because I said hey, Osea. <laughs> hey, Dina. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was Locust Street Days. Um, what five 2015. years ago? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. And we were all at a Locust Street Days after party. Is this correct? Yes. Yeah, okay. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and there was a fire in the backyard, and we didn't know each other. This was like um, we didn't really know each other yet. Maybe some of us knew each other, but there was like little connections here yeah. and there, mm-hmm. but not any, yeah, big knowing. And then we just like started singing all of us together, and then we were like, we should be a band. And the next day, we had a band practice. (laughs) (laughs) So immediate. And we offered a show, I believe that like pretty soon. (laughs) Walking around a show by someone outside of no uh, way. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a good important part of that story. Yeah, I think it was right after we practiced the very next day. We were walking around with our instruments, and outside of public house, Fidel, who was a part of. What's his group? Oh, yeah. First yeah. Thursdays, I feel like it was the It used to event. be called First Thursdays. And I can't remember the organization, but he was just like, hey, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're a band now. <laughs> and then he was like, well, you should come play Public House. So like three weeks later, I think we We had our it. first show. Yeah. Wow. Truly no better motivator than like, oh, wait, shit, we have something on the schedule right away. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that is kind of how we work still. Yeah. Even though we always talk about it, we're like always like, we just need to get together and spend time together and like write music and whatever and not always be working towards a show. But somehow, and I think it's just because all of us are like really driven people who like always have a lot going on like we kind of always are working towards a show (laughs) in some ways so I do feel like that is still to this day a big motivator for us like our performance is a huge piece of this band and what we do for those that haven't heard of you all first for some context tell us about your name and if if these listeners are not actively like looking at the description of you guys on our website at the same time, it's Ruth Bader with an eight B eight R Ginsburg. Uh, how'd you land on that name? Was that your name when you had your first show three weeks in? What was, was the? Yeah, yeah, we were brainstorming, and someone who is no longer part of the group uh, actually came up with the name. Um, and I think it was an O to Avril Lavigne. Well, I came up with the 8R part, oh, right? Oh, you did? I think cool. so. Like, well, Bader, yeah, like, skater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Skater. Right, boy. so, yeah, it's a <laughs> clearly dedicated to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme yeah. Court Justice. Um, so I think that kind of gives you an idea of our politics now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I would say, like, we were kind of joking about calling ourselves that because it was like we wanted like a powerful woman to represent us in that, mm-hmm. in some way and um and so th- like Ruth Bader Ginsburg came out and then Johanna was like what if it was B8R like Skater Boy which thrown a little like you know punk element to it like people have thought have said to us like oh we thought you were a punk band and we are a punk band yeah totally we have like that spirit you know and it's good marketing the only way you can search for us and make the distinction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was capitalism really <laughs> oh god yeah. <laughs> So I want to dive into a little bit more about each of you individually in that um, 
I would love to hear more about your Milwaukee origin stories. Um, are you from here? If not, what brought you here and what has made you stay? So college brought me here um, in 2010. I started at MSOE and I graduated eight years later. Yay. And <laughs> yeah, music has always been on my mind. I was in the Wisconsin Children's Choir. But when I started college, I had this idea that like, no more games, you know, no more dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, an engineer now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going to be an engineer or, you know, I'm going to be this corporate business person, you know, straight face. And then all of a sudden I was at work singing in the gift shop and my friend Gilmore was like, hey, that sounds great. You should play in Mortgage Freeman. And that basically <laughs> sparked this whole new love of music and sparked this whole new, like, love of performing musically again and and then lo and behold I ran into some lovely people and now I'm here. I also came to Milwaukee from college. I grew up in Madison and then came to Milwaukee when I was 18 in 2009. Um, and after college I was considering moving somewhere else but I stayed in Milwaukee because I had created a good network here um, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity in Milwaukee that is often overlooked so I like the vibe of the city there was no reason why for there was no reason for me to go back to Madison and I really appreciate Milwaukee over Madison at this point um, with its culture and diversity so that's why I stayed in Milwaukee after that. Um, I was born in Savannah Georgia but um, I've lived in Wisconsin most of my life I grew up 30 minutes north but I uh, moved to Milwaukee in 2010, where I went to school for music. Um, and as far as why I've stayed in Milwaukee, I've always worked as a musician since I was a kid. And so, um, I don't know, Milwaukee's been a good place to me to kind of build on what I've already, or I guess, always been doing. And uh, lots of great, great people, great bands, lots of arts. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Milwaukee's on the rise. Um, I was born and raised in Milwaukee. I lived in Portland, Oregon for a while, and then I came back, and I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that simple, yeah. Yeah, Johanna's um, description on her SoundCloud was rodeo clown, and pretty much makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's musical rodeo clown. <laughs> I'm not trying to insult you, I love you. <laughs> I, um, I was born <laughs> in Green Bay, Wisconsin. My family's from Montreal, Canada. So I spent a lot of time up there. Moved here for college. I did the whole opera thing. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, not my world. <laughs> I was introduced to um, Josh Backus and Johanna. Started a rock band. It's been a little bluegrass band for a while. But yeah, I don't know. I love Milwaukee. I, I don't want to leave. I also have a son here, so it's kind of. You're here now. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Um, I came to Milwaukee in 2007. It was my sophomore year of college. Um, my whole family's from here, though. Both my parents grew up here, and um, my grandpa is, uh, you know, born and raised here. And, like, mm -hmm. I would always, whenever I came for any family events, we always came up here. And I, I grew up in northern Illinois, and I always said I was part of the Wisconsin diaspora because I, like, really feel culturally connected to Wisconsin and have been, have had you know, I was made fun of for my accent as a kid and stuff like that. So um, I feel my roots are really here. Um, now most of my family lives here. And um, I 
you know, I've thought back and forth about leaving Milwaukee at different periods of time, and still it's on the radar at someday. Maybe I won't um, be here forever, but I definitely feel that this is my home, and I feel a sense of responsibility towards it. And um, I think we live in the promised land because of the Great Lakes and uh, because of our environment right now. Like, being in an area that has fresh water is, like, super crucial and I think those of us that have access to that like need to take responsibility over it and build community here that can support people um, as we move through more turbulent times coming ahead so Mm -hmm. um, I don't know it's a you know Milwaukee has its challenges and its troubles and all of that like anywhere else and it's also one of the most beautiful places on earth (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) I also wanted to uh, mention that it was in Milwaukee where I became more aware of socialist and communist ideas. And it was really cool to be exposed to that and then see how Milwaukee itself is a great representation of how that can work in America and in the real world. So um, shout out to all the Milwaukee socialist mayors throughout the history. Right? 40 years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. I guess, like, in conclusion, my mother lives in Milwaukee, so I have to be here because she's the best. <laughs> she is the best. Yeah, Heidi. So shout out shout to out Heidi. Shout out to Heidi. Love yeah. you, Heidi. Um, so this is sort of a twofold question, so feel free to enter into it however you like. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about your, your lives and your creative practices outside of this band and also the process of coming together to make music. Um, when we were at uh, your house the other, the other week um, capturing some B-roll and some photos, I really observed that everyone comes in and, and you've had a whole another life that day, like a, a whole another day. And so you might be a little bit tired. You might be feeling like, oh, it's one more thing on my list. Um, but you, but as a group, you kind of shake that off. And once you were rehearsing together, it could obviously tell this immediate warmness and like this collective sigh of like, yep, this feels right. Like this is why we're here. So talk to me about that feeling and, and making music together and how that kind of, uh, adds to your whole, to all, all parts of your lives. Um, I'm not sure if this quite uh, answers the question, but uh, for me, it's always music. So I guess whenever I get to meet with them, you know, I'm coming from something music, like that's all I do. And so for uh, me to come to Ruth Bader rehearsals, um, I get to make music with some of my best friends. Like all of you are my best friends. (laughs) And so it's just different. Like I, I think for me, Ruth Bader was like one of the first band bands that I got to play in which like completely blew my mind. And I was like, I don't even know why they want me to be in the band. But I was like super, super, super honored and delighted. So for me, it's just like stepping into one uh, good thing into an even better thing for me. Mm. Because Steph in the rest of your musical life leans more classical or? Um, Not so much these days. Um, You know, I worked heavily in the classical world playing for a lot of string players, opera singers. That's how Katie and I actually met because we were in music school together. So we go back, I think, farther than all of y'all. So for for me, um, within the last several years, especially in my musical interests have really shifted. There was a moment where I was like classical is so cool and it's really good to me but uh, you know there's there's just a lot more that I can do 
And so I think Katie can definitely relate to that um, as far as just kind of wanting uh, and wishing to step into different worlds within music. So um, Ruth Bader was one of the first bands that allowed me to like step out of my comfort zone um, as a musician and artist. And, uh, you know, they're also responsible for playing my songs for the first time. I didn't know that I wanted to write songs, but I do. And uh, so they uh, were so kind and gracious to give my songs life for the first time, which I think is really, really dope. Mm-hmm. I will jump in and piggyback a little bit off of what Steph said about a group of people willing to get together and look from your creative perspective to create something beautiful that was super powerful. And I realized like the other things I was doing in life, which was, you know, volunteering and and going to certain workshops and teaching kids about STEM and Milwaukee public schools, things like that. I realized I could I could still have an impact and still play music um, if I was making impactful music with other people who wanted to do that. So where that world of I care about, you know, people and humanity, um, it, Ruth Bader is where that world kind of met music for me. Um, so that's yeah. how, I guess, the rest of what I was passionate about kind of led to this moment. What about your other projects, Tracy? A musical project? And just other <laughs> things you do in your life. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a secret. I, <laughs> well, I don't know if there was a specific reference. No, I'm just asking. I'm just asking because we, you know, it's all the question is also about like wh- why this band is important, but also about you and like who you are as a, cr- a creator. Yeah. Um, that that was like well, that's kind of where I was trying to get at with it. Like mm-hmm. I care about the community. I care about like living in Madison. I felt. I always felt suppressed a little. I always felt oppressed, actually, <laughs> like flat out. And I never fit in in school. And it was just, um, I was friends with people. Don't get me wrong. People treated me very well. But there was a clear achievement gap in Madison for people of color. And uh, it, and it's just, I just felt uncomfortable. And that led me to Milwaukee where I felt like, yeah, I can go to college. I can work a job. And I can still give back to my community. And when I realized that, like, I don't have to become this, like, suit-and-tie businesswoman and I can I can have my cake and eat it, too, and I can make a change in my community and I can make music, which before I kind of thought was, like, that's a game, that's for dreamers, you know. Like, I don't know why I thought that. I don't even know why. That's, <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous. But, um, yeah, that's where this kind of all merges. It's I can do what I love, do all the things I love at once. So. Yeah, I feel like I'm always, even when I'm in, like, a shit place, I'm always so happy when I go to uh, RBG rehearsal. It's like, I don't know, it's like it's like going to, like, a yoga class or, like, <laughs> drinking tea <laughs> totally or, like, <laughs> it's like eating kale. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to at first, but then... <laughs> something that I do because I love how we are political and we have an agenda 
but I also um, love all of you individually, and I really love all of us together. And it, it's what I do for my soul. Yeah, for sure. The vibe is like pure support. Like it's a community. Like I just feel honored that I get to be a part of your musical, like creative processes too. Like I also want to. I'm gonna bring some songs into you <laughs> <laughs> finally. But it's so nice to like that you trust. We all trust each other, and we just bounce ideas off of each other. We grow each other's songs, and it's so cool to see, like, okay, this is where the song started. And it, like, we add, like, all these layers, and it just becomes this beautiful thing. It's great. Yeah. I think me as an artist, like, I I was an activist before, the, before I found Ruth Bader, and I burnt out on, like, traditional activism um, because I just was – like my whole life, I got like two hours of sleep of, of sleep a night. And um, there was so much like traumatic things that you go through when you're doing like street activism and protesting and stuff. And you're dealing with such traumatic concepts. And like it, a lot of it was lacking in like this like spiritual fulfillment and wholeness that I really needed. Um, and I put my music, like I was, all in, you know, always involved in music growing up and in musical theater and I also had the practical when I went to college. I was like, music or law school? And I was like, well, you have to go to law school because there's no way you can make money off of music. And it was just like this whole thing where I went really political route and I just kind of, I didn't like totally forego my music, but I like definitely like forgot about how important it was to me. And I remember when I actually was friends with Quinny at the time that Ruth Bader started. Um, she was like a friend. We worked at uh, Altera, which is the old collectivo together and she was like there while I was like basically leaving activism behind I was like I need to walk away and we were at this party and I remember I always wanted to make music with Johanna because I had this like admiring of her from <laughs> afar and I was like I want to make this band happen so bad and like and part of it was like part of it was because I was seeing how men like in the music scene were getting so much like credit for things and there was a lot of like talk at the time about like how women are just catty with each other and how they can't get along or like whatever and like so it like both for me had a personal agenda where it was like it felt so good to sing again with this group of people and also it was like I want to prove that you don't have to have a star of the show in order for you all to be stars. I want to prove that strong, powerful women who all are extremely different and have very different priorities in life can come together and create something beautiful. And we have been doing that for five years now. And it's like, it sounds like based on what we're saying, like, oh, it's so beautiful and we're all friends. And like, that's true. But like, there's also conflict and we navigate conflict so well, like for being such opinionated, powerful, like people, like we are able to talk to each other with respect. We're able to work things out if we need to. Sometimes we have to just accept that each other are the way we are and that's why we love each other even if it's annoying sometimes, you know? Like, I mean, we all have very different communication styles, you know? So like, to me, like this band is like a place, I do I do have the feeling of like, oh, I don't wanna go. I'm so tired from work, I'm so tired, whatever. And every time I come together and the vibrations that our, our voices make together is, physically healing it's spiritually healing um and just really cool so that's where that's why i'm here yeah, i don't know for sure i like that stars like 
yeah, dude, the sky is full of stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's and that's something I've heard in terms of feedback on our band is that we all shine and like we all accidentally also match sometimes and we don't mean always. to. We always. <laughs> we do, but like yeah, in our own, say, we yeah. are matching today. Weird. And like, <laughs> you even kind of sat based on. Your yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we, and we, you know, like in our own style, you know, like Steph has a very specific style and <laughs> always shows up as Steph, you know, like Katie, a very specific style, like every, like, you know, I was a huge Spice Girls fan as a kid, and now I'm like, like ten year old me is looking at me, and I'm like, yes, you We're did it. <laughs> We're better than the Spice Girls. Yeah. <laughs> I want their tour van. So. Oh, I do too. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. If uh, anyone out there has a Spice Girls tour van that they'd like yeah. to convert into, just, a just a lying around. Bader Ginsburg, yeah. just throwing it out there. <laughs> Well, I remember when we first started this band, I hadn't been playing music really. You know, I was playing some music with Danielle at the time and was getting back into the idea of playing music. And music had been such a huge part of my life and it was always like an undercurrent in my life. And then when I moved to Milwaukee, I stopped playing my drum set because I didn't have my drum set for like four or five years. Um, so getting back into that, I've really seen myself progress. And I've seen all of us progress as musicians as we've been in this group together um and it's been really nice um having that as a form of self-care um mm. I personally don't like make money on music or have it as my career or anything like that so for me personally coming into the band it's about um simply making music together and what that feels like and the rewarding aspect of being friends with each other and making that um all work together despite all of our different ways of doing things. <laughs> um, so tell me more about the, your activism through music and the type of music you make. So it ranges from um, older protest songs to new pieces that you're writing. Um, when we were at your rehearsal, you played one of your more famous songs, right, that has the really amazing line of colorblind, but you don't want to cross the bridges that separate the neighborhoods open-minded, but you think solely of those who smoke cigarettes and those who aren't Democrats. That's an original line. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so tell me more about how you choose your songs and what message you're hoping to share through your music. Uh, well, the song you're talking about specifically is one called All of Everyone at Once, and that is uh, just a nod to my life transition from, from going – Going from, like, Madison, where I was, you know, what people would call the token, um, and transitioning to a place like Milwaukee, where there is still racial divide, and we're still very judgmental about people based on the color of their skin. Um, and it's really, it's really to say, check yourself, you know, check your self-awareness, check your whatever you got, pride, privilege, whatever, because we all make mistakes and it's important that um, we grow instead of just like look at each other and judge each other. We should turn inward and kind of look at ourselves because um, that's the only way everybody can be accountable. And uh, that's really what that's that was about for me. Um, I know that, you know, we sing each other's songs and I may sing a song, one of your songs, one of the other band members' songs, and 
even though, um, you know, I, you have, you have an intention for your song. Like I'm interested actually to hear what y'all think when you sing that song, <laughs> you know, past, uh, mm-hmm. um, past, you know, what my own, my own intentions are. Um, I'm, I think what also makes us a unique band in Milwaukee is that uh, we all write music, we all play in different bands, and so just for me, um, the songs that we've gotten to do are kind of just about like like self empowerment and um, not uh, needing not needing to deal with the tom fuckery that women often deal with. <laughs> uh, I guess in a nutshell is what some of my stuff is about. Um, is that is that accurate? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's uh, accurate. Yeah, so I think, you know, that I mean, each one of us we're not we're not about that kind of shit. So, um, but I think, you know, our our songs kind of like speak of the women that we want to be and support in our community too, I think. Um, and so I, I think our music is, our original music is especially um, about just about those things and, and uplifting one another. And I think you can hear that when you listen to our various songs. I also think one of the coolest things about singing the way that we do, like saying that line, Tracy asked, like, I want to know how you all feel about it. Like, I love standing up there. And saying the truth, speaking truth mm-hmm. to power in this way that is beautiful. Like, you, we look beautiful. We sound beautiful. Like, you look at us and we're just like, do not hide my nipples. <laughs> and we just, like, smile, you know? And, like, no one can be mad at us. It is. It's super punk. Like, it is. Like, it's like we straight up are getting to say, like, you fascists are going to lose. Like, yeah. fascism is going to lose in the long run. And Choose it's going down. And to be able to say, you know, all of these things in a way that, like, um, people just are, it's, it makes people feel good. It's not, again, I come from activism where we are screaming things in the streets and I, you know, I always love chanting in the streets. I think that's, it creates powerful energy. Um, but singing is even more powerful energy to me. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel when I'm up there. I feel like Mm -hmm. powerful, like truly powerful that we have actual influence, um, when we're able to put that energy out there in that way. Same. Yeah. And as far as like our creative process, can I just say something mm-hmm. about that? Like we, we, as Steph said, like we group, most of us write music. Um, actually, all of us write music and, and we're just waiting on certain people to bring their music to us. Um, but <laughs> but um, we, you know, what, the songs that we do that are original songs are songs that um, have been written by us beforehand and we bring them to the group. And as Katie was saying, like, it creates this, like, layering process. Um, So, like, I have a song that I wrote in 2010 that we do called Medusa. Um, And I was remember I like showed it to Tracy first and we were just sitting like on her porch like really late at night and I was playing it for her and she whipped out her recorder and she like wrote this like oh, harmony yeah. to it and yeah and we don't do the recorder thing but we, <laughs> but, we but the harmony comes from that and so then like eventually a fiddle part got added and all this stuff and now it's like I just feel this like again 2010 me is like looking at this going like I'm so so grateful that my song got brought to life in that way with all, all this like these different layers. So yeah, I think that's c- for the most part how our songs get written. 
Yeah, and they and there's always room for growth. I mean, I feel like with sugar, that became an acapella eventually, and it was not that when we started. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is cool. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're not stagnant. We don't. We don't. We don't stay put. No. Um, what is it you think about music that can be particularly powerful in activism, in social justice, in a way that you all, I think, want to harness? I think music can make people listen harder. I think that's what its power is. And there's something about listening to music that makes you vulnerable and more open to what you're hearing. Yeah, it's universal too. And it doesn't matter like the time that the music was written, because like it kind of transcends, like kind of has like a cycle, especially in activism, like that song um, that we do, Which Side Are You On? It's an old song. But we took the main idea, Which Side Are You On? My Sisters, and we each wrote our own like line, kind of verse that applies to now. Like, we talk about Scott Walker. You know what I mean? But, like, it's, a, it's like this old energy, this, like, intense activist energy, that, but we can apply it to our daily lives now. It's really fun. Yeah, to say, to kind of reiterate what Johanna said, I think it's really about how people connect to things and everyone um, connects to music. I think it's just part of being a human and it's part of humanity. So I think approaching it that way makes it a little bit more digestible for people. Um, and in some contexts, we're playing at a street festival or playing at a secular situation. And then um, to just surprise people with the content um, kind of gives them mm -hmm. that kind of jolt and they start listening and then they start thinking about it. So it's just a different avenue for getting a message out. I would also <clears throat> add to what everyone said by saying that I feel like it helps change important, maybe harmful narratives in a way. Mm -hmm. Like it helps people find the words that they yeah. need to identify their feelings or, you know, like how many times have I heard a song and been like, oh my gosh, that's how, that's right. how you describe this feeling and, or it empowers me. So um, I think, I think a few years ago that was something that we were really big on is like helping people find the helping women find the words and the emotions or the energy um, to deal with the things we have to deal with, you know. So, what makes making music together as a band so joyful? What's hard about making music together? Nothing in life is easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, right I don't think it. there's anything particularly hard about us making music together besides the fact that we're eight human beings. <laughs> Schedules. Yeah, and that we all have lives, so we can't meet up. Also, I would say sound can be a challenge for us yeah. because a lot of people want to like identify a lead singer or something and right. there is no lead singer in no. our group so 
like shout out to all the good sound people out there. Shout that out to Anodyne. <laughs> the sound of the city. <laughs> what? Oh. I'm literally a sound engineer sitting right here. <laughs> You're gonna be like that to me. <laughs> You've done a fabulous job. Um, <laughs> um, as far sound as just in. like uh, the good things, I mean, it, 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 since the time that I joined the band, it's always been joyful and easy to make music with all of my friends. And I think that there's we we just have so much common threads between uh, the fibers that make us up as people that like that's why we're still here. That's why we are able to go on with the many things that we do in our life and come together and find some time to like do what we love to do. So it's always easy to like come together and see my friends and do great things and. Um, challenges, of course, I mean, if the, if only a little bit, I mean, we are very, very different and we have very different ideas, but also a lot of the same ideas. So I think, um, it's cool that we're able to like make sense of it all in our ways. And like, sometimes we have other people that like, you know, maybe help out and facilitate <laughs> explaining things or just like, you know, Hey, I don't know if you're being like, you know, clear and this and that. And so I think we all kind of do a good job of like connecting the dots <laughs> for <laughs> each other um, when we might not be able to do it ourselves. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wanted to say too that um, I feel like with all of these challenges and differences that we have naturally as different people to still be cohesive and to still make it work is an act of resistance. And I challenge people to reconsider what are acts of resistance. Um, they don't have to be direct action. <laughs> it can just be thriving in a world <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't made for you to thrive in. So, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I would say the easy part about being in this band is that it's like a constant family. That's something, you know, when you're, like, in college and you're, like, lonely or you work a lot or you're lonely, it's just, like, always a relief to that there are, you know, seven people I can call at any point in time and will, you know, do whatever they can. For. It's, it's That's the easy part. Just, like, you just you know you're a star to, like, seven other people in the world, you know? <laughs> at least so that. Sweet. At least so, that. like... Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, get that out. And um, <laughs> wait, yeah, say that again. <laughs> I mean, th I, that is like, I I I, re I am a witch, and I do um, rituals, and um, with like a another pe other people in our community that we all are friends with and know, and um, and we were doing a, a winter solstice ritual recently, and Steph just happened to be coming to that party. Tracy just happened to be coming to that party. And I remember like we were, I had written a song like right before the ritual and I was like just getting used to it. And I saw Steph and I was like, thank God. <laughs> like I was like, and I like, and I told her, I was like, can you please sing this with me? And I just like quickly taught it to her. And she just like, you know, in her way, cause Steph is very like, always chill, always chill. And like, I'm very like animated. So I'm like up there doing like starting this song and stuff just like slowly slinks in next to me and starts singing this song with me. And I, it was just, it was really like, I felt very safe, honestly, in a, in a way that like being up there, you know, like I, 
the rest of this group makes me feel very safe. It makes me feel very supported. Being able to harmonize our voices together is, again, physically very pleasing, that buzzing harmony feeling. So, um, so yeah, I definitely agree with what you said, Tracy, about it being, like, a fa constant family. Like, and it's, we don't always see each other, but, like, she just magically showed up right when I needed her, and it was, like, perfect, you know? <laughs> so... And take the conversation in a bit of a like bigger picture direction. Um, what do you think the future looks like for our city, for Milwaukee arts and culture at large? What are some strengths that we all have, and what are some areas for growth? Bernie Sanders, twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bernie Sanders. You just took it like, like <laughs> not just like city level. You're like, all right. I country if we're going there. Socialist <laughs> democracy by 2021. <laughs> um, but on a serious note, I will say that what I appreciate about Milwaukee compared to other cities where music is, the music scenes are obviously much larger and there's a lot more support. Um, you can still kind of make your own community anyway, and I think that's what Milwaukee thrives at doing. Um, there's little pockets all over the city where things are happening and you just kind of have to know where to look and know what to find. Um, and I think Milwaukee will continue to always be that. Um, and because of that culture, I think that it's allowed a lot of different kind of sounds and groups to get together and make things that wouldn't work in other cities and to create um, a sense of cohesion and closeness. Um, I think everyone knows about the uh, term small walkie, which is kind of like we're in Wisconsin. We got the small town vibe. There's like a bar on every corner. Um, but at the same time, there's still a lot happening and there's a lot to discover if you just check it out a little bit. <laughs> we have to go. No, two of our members. I have to uh, vacate. Yes. I'm going to go like meditate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry, Tracy said something hilarious. <laughs> I'm going back to West Alice tonight for some reason. I don't know. I've, I've just been spending a lot of time in West Alice, which, you know, I still, you know, ooh, I still consider a big part of Milwaukee to tie it in to the answer to the question. And I think that Milwaukee, that is what's good about Milwaukee. Like Quinn said, you can make your own path. Uh, the there's somebody here. It almost feels like there's somebody here for everybody. But at the same time, it's a very small community. It's It feels comfortable here, I think, is a, a really good thing about Milwaukee. I feel like it's um, like we welcome people with open arms for the most part here. And I think that's one of our strong suits is like, like, you know, communities like River West, honestly. Like, I didn't really have a sense of, like, tight-knit what a tight-knit community was until I moved to River West in college. And that just made me look at people a lot different. Um, and I think that th things like that, like, are what is unique about Milwaukee and what we'll use to thrive. I feel like, um, I mean, I was born and raised in Milwaukee, so there's that. But I have been super lucky and been able to go a lot of places in my life and, and visit a lot of cities in my life and 
there is no place that I have found on earth that has the same magic that Milwaukee has. Um, I think that I really, really feel like this is the place to to figure out the world. I don't know. Like, how to do it. Like, how to, like, yeah, we can figure out a better way of living, a better, like, way of community in this city. This is it's the place. PSA 2020. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a sense of, um, ge- like, uh, Milwaukee's very genuine in a way that, like, I haven't really lived in any other cities in my adult life. I mean, a little bit in New Orleans, which is also super genuine in such a great city. Hey, bye, y'all. Bye. Love you. Love you. Um, Thank you so much. You We're almost done for the studio, <laughs> too. I won't okay. make you stay. Yep, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Thanks, we will. Have you have fun. Um, So I think Milwaukee is really genuine. I think it's more genuine than some of the other like bigger music cities. Sometimes, Um, again, I mentioned New Orleans in just a second ago. Like I did spend some time in New Orleans, and I would say New Orleans is like the exception to this in terms of big music cities because that is a very genuine and beautiful place. Um, But like Austin and like New York City and Chicago, not. no shade on any of those places but just to say that they're it's like too big for their britches sometimes and I feel like we get a a chance here to have some real genuine connection with the people that are listening to our music with our communities um it it's not just this like capitalist like like music industry driven place like it's really it really is driven by a community. And that's not just, I mean, there's downsides to that too, because it's like everywhere I go, I know someone and that is not always my favorite thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, And also everywhere I go, I know someone. So when it comes down to it, I have a safe place to land, you know? Um, And I also think just for the benefit of our world, like, Johanna said before she left, like, we have a chance here to, like, actually build something that is better and uh, safer for more people than maybe we would if we were in a bigger place. Mm-hmm. Room to grow mm-hmm. is a big thing, and where where that meets art is huge, too, because a lot of cities, like, you, like don't have um, platforms, and they don't have resources for artists and I think that Milwaukee is starting to really grow that and that's a beautiful thing so much room to grow um I'm not really going to talk too much about the bad things that happen in Milwaukee because there's you know some of it is obvious um but I think Milwaukee has always been a good city and as far as like my relationship to it I don't you know, some people feel like they got to get out or whatever. And I don't really feel that way about Milwaukee. I feel like I'm not ever going to, like, outgrow this place in that kind of way. Um, even if I would end up moving for whatever reason, um, I think Milwaukee's always going to be a place that's super important. But I do think that what I'm, I've been sensing within the last several years is that there's a lot of younger folks that are moving and shaking things. And I think as far as... Uh, our commitment to our community, I think we need a lot of people to stay, actually, um, mm-hmm. and ch- maybe challenge the way that things have been. 
and uh, be like some of the like be the pillars of that change. But I think you know I think we're seeing that in a lot of different areas, not just within our arts community, but um, I think it's I can feel that there's stuff happening and um, it feels exciting. I think. Thank you. So to close, um, Imagine MK is all about celebrating the great abundance of Milwaukee's arts and culture community. So I'd love to invite you all to tell me about something that you want to celebrate or lift up in Milwaukee's arts and, arts and culture scene uh, right now. Something you want to shout out. could be a person, a place, mm. a project. Something. Shout- oh, can I go first? Sorry, I cut yeah. you off. No, <laughs> you're good. So <laughs> you're awkward. so excited. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I am excited um, to see black owned businesses and black artists being represented and being you know out in the community on the east side you know like i'm i'm starting to see more of that like sherman phoenix center street wellness like you know um just a, a multiple variety of businesses have opened up to give black artists a platform and that's really something that's exciting for me Um, I guess if anything, I would shout out the resistance in Milwaukee. Um, It's a huge opportunity to have the DNC in our own city, and we need to put our influence where we can. It's a huge responsibility, but I think that it's a perfect opportunity for us to push for the issues that are important. On that um, same thread, um, I was just reading something about Black Leaders Organizing Communities, Block, BLOC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think resistance organizing is its own art form. And they are doing something that is radical and creative and super cool. What they're doing is they're going door to door on a very regular basis to engage their community. Um, and not just to get them to vote for something or to do something specific, but to like build a sense of community and a sense of civic engagement and take their issues seriously in ways that like people don't feel taken seriously and they feel betrayed by a lot of the power powers that be. I just think I want to shout block out because I just, I really think that what they're doing is an art form and is what is really going to create change in our world. And there was an article in the New Yorker the other day that said that they, their organization specifically and the black community in Milwaukee could be the deciding factor in this election. Um, And I just think that is super powerful and a huge shout out to them. Um, it's okay if you don't. You don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just a shout out to everybody keeping it real out there, all the people that are doing beautiful <laughs> things um, every day. That's what I like about Milwaukee is that there's something beautiful, many, a multitude of beautiful things going on all around us. And I think that sometimes it can be hard for people to um, keep that on the forefront of their thought process, especially in, in a sort of turbulent times. Um, I think, you know, um, I'm, I'm just happy to be in a community that is doing great things that we can tap into on not just the arts front, but just on a political front too. And um, I, I think there's a lot of rad humans, so shout out to all those people. 
All right. Great. Thank you so much, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, for joining me today and sharing your stories. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe by searching Arts Forward MKE on your favorite listening platform or go to imaginemke.org slash podcasts. Stay tuned for a new episode next Thursday. Also be sure to check out our other podcast, Imagine This Podcast, and follow us on social. On Facebook, we're Imagine MKE, and on Instagram and Twitter, we're at Imagine underscore MKE. Be well, friends.